Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to the love fest that is Tell Me Everything. Whew. It's been pretty crazy. Let's have a drink tonight for all the blue check marks that didn't make it, shall we? Uh, let's get the announcements out of the way. Can I announce who's going to be on our show, Chris? Can I say who's going to be coming? Because Yes, I we've think had a you lot have of, to. Over the years, we've had a lot of celebrities darken our door. We've had, we've had been, and big celebrities, right? I mean... Between the on the insight and over here, we've already had like you know Oscar winners. Christoph Waltz just did the show. Eugene Levy just did the show. We you know, but we've had my God, Jeff Bridges did this show. <laughs> John Fogarty has done this program. I mean, I could go Brian Wilson. You know, when you think in music, we've we've had some really big names. I haven't had the Beatles here. I interviewed them for TV, but we've had you know great musicians on our rock and roll Hall of Famers up and down. Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey have done this show. But uh, I'm so excited to announce. Can I really say it? Is it confirmed? Am I really allowed to say? Yeah, I mean, you'll never you're confirmed. Never going to believe it. Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson is coming on the show next week. We are deeply thrilled. It'll be in person in the Sirius XM studios. We can't wait to invite you. It's going to be a riot. So I got that out of the way. Uh, that is to brag. I'm also going to brag about tonight's show. Uh, because the great can't. Oh, oh, okay. Well. We didn't. Okay. Well. Okay. That's fine. Oh, he's uh, back on. Well, wait. We just. We just. You know. We just booked Donnie Most of Happy Days. Ralph Mouth himself is going to be in studio to, to fill in. Uh, no, Smokey Robinson. I met him once at Sirius XM, and he gave me a hug, and I collapsed on the floor. I couldn't believe it. But we're really, really thrilled about it. And tonight, the great Max Burns, who's a lot like Smokey Robinson, joins us here on the Love Fest. Uh, Max is one of our favorite political guys. Now, um, let's get to uh, the other big thing. I'm all over the TV tonight. I don't want you to watch. I want you to listen right here. But uh, if you're if you're curious and you have a you have a TV near you while you're listening to the radio, uh, you can see me right now on News Nation with Dan Abrams live. His very very good show and Dan's done this show many times. I've, I've I've done his show before, but I hadn't done it in the studio. And they have a nice little setup over there. Look, I, I used to do a ton of cable news. I lived on I, I lived in the MSNBC green room. I was a regular on MSNBC, regular on Fox, regular on CNN. And then you kind of you kind of hit the wall. I mean, I worked for CNN. I worked for Current TV. And then the pandemic happened. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I got I, I just I'm getting off the world for a while. And I let my hair grow really long. And I stopped going on cable news. And uh, 
it sort of began feeling like, okay, I'm healthy enough. My my nervous system is kind of balanced again. Let's let's ruin this. Let's go back. So you'll see me tonight on News Nation. And then at 11 o'clock, I'll be on MSNBC with Stephanie Rule. That's a good panel, by the way. John Allen and uh, uh, Nancy Giles. Uh, it's really, really fun. So stay up for that. And Stephanie, oh, and, and Molly Jong Fast is on it too. So yeah, I recommend listening to the radio and having the TV on with the sound down. I'm probably going to be telling the same jokes there I tell here. So there you go. I want to thank our producers, Chris Hauselt, who we missed very much last night. He's back tonight running this thing from the South Carolina Bureau. The great Thea Harper kept us moving last night. She is running this thing from Brooklyn. Thanks again to Matt, who filled in last night and kept everything going smoothly. Uh, I, I think we're all set. Can we do a show? Are we ready to do a show? Let's do a show. The middle hour is wide open, so we're going to get to everybody's calls tonight. And I promise I'll try to keep the racists to a minimum. You know, you let the racists on once in a while. And, and the good thing about having racists call into the show is that it generally stimulates a lot of people to call up. And we get a lot of people who don't normally call because they want to comment on that freaking racist you just had. The bad thing is sometimes you're giving a platform to racists. And I, I never stop trying to engage in debate and fight when I should just hang up on them. Stephanie Miller hangs up right away. I, I try to reason with them because I'm, I'm a hopeful clown. So I apologize if last night's call went on too long for some of y'all. And I thank everyone who wrote saying they loved it. So there we go. But tonight, whole different agenda. The Supreme Court has ensured for now access to the abortion pill, Mifepristone, will continue. And it halts that ruling by the federal judge in Texas who was a anti-abortion dude that Donald Trump made a judge. And this case could have profound implications for abortion access everywhere, as well as the entire regulatory authority of the FDA. Supreme Court said earlier today, earlier this evening, that the abortion pill, Mifepristone, would remain widely available for now. They're putting off abruptly ending the drug that's been used in more than half of abortions in the United States. Now, this order halted two rulings, that tried to make it impossible for American women to get this medication. This was an appeal in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, one from the federal judge in Texas, we mentioned, who suspended the drug from the market completely, saying that the FDA was wrong to approve it 23 years ago. <laughs> and then the other from the appeals court that had a lot of barriers on the pill, like saying you can't access it by mail. And that's what they're going to do next, folks. They are going to go after your mail. Donald Trump's maybe his biggest lie, I know I'm saying a lot, but maybe his biggest lie was that he would let the states decide. And a lot of people are still angry with him for this. The Susan B. Anthony group, they're furious at Donald Trump for saying states should decide abortion. No, they don't want that. They want it banned in all states. And that's what they're trying to do. Roe v. Wade was just the beginning. So the Supreme Court surprised us all. Seven to two. Seven to two. I was a bit surprised by that, but I think Chief Justice John Roberts knows the legitimacy of his Supreme Court is not looking so hot. And if it allows some district court judge in Texas to block access to a drug that's already been legal for 23 years again, their selfishness is predictable. John Roberts cares about John Roberts' legacy. So where does this leave us now? Well, <laughs> they stayed the ban. There will not be a federal ban. The Fifth Circuit's going to hear the FDA's appeal of Judge Kazmarek's ruling. Whoever loses in the Fifth Circuit is going to go back to the Supreme Court again and ask to take the case up on the merits. And the Supreme Court, once again, will have this ball in their hands, and they'll either decline or decide to take the case and give it a full review. But for now, the status quo remains. The fate of this very safe and effective drug used in more than half of all pregnancy terminations 
it's not up in the air for now. And it is a drug that is safer than Viagra. It is a drug that is substantially safer than childbirth. But but again, there's nothing pro-life about blocking access to any kind of medication. So we'll have more on that. But I want to talk about the fake Christian of the week, because it is Fake Christian Friday. And every Friday, we try to find out who is the most offensive, vulgar blasphemer out there. Last week, it was Mike Pence calling for the death penalty right away. Uh, Today, it is the Texas State Senate. Now, you may have heard about this, but the Texas State Senate yesterday passed some bills to force public schools to display the Ten Commandments. And it'll allow school districts to require designated time for prayer and reading the Bible. It's theocracy. It is state-sponsored government religion. Now, again, it's not giving schools the option to display the Ten Commandments. It is mandating and forcing schools to display the Ten Commandments. Senate Bill 1515 says a public elementary or secondary school shall display in a conspicuous place in each classroom of the school a durable poster or framed copy of the Ten Commandments. Those would be the famous Judeo-Christian principles one must live by, and it should be legible to a person with average vision from anywhere in the classroom. They're not just saying you can hang it up. They're saying every school must hang one up in every class. Public schools in Texas would have to prominently display the Ten Commandments in every room starting next school year. And they also passed a bill that would set prayer and Bible reading times during the school day. Republican-controlled Texas Senate, forcing people to have a blatant violation of the separation between church and state, and really just further proof that this Republican Party has gone full Christian nationalist. It's going to go now to the Republican-controlled House. And uh, the state representative who presented the bill said the bill will remind students all across Texas of the importance of the fundamental foundation of America. I I guess James Madison never happened. The founders did not want this. The founders did not want a state-sponsored religion. They took the time to mention it in the Constitution. Again, this is all about mandating Christianity. Now, their idea is the Supreme Court has cleared the way for this. After ruling in June in favor of that high school football coach who was fired for praying at football games. Remember that? That was the precedent the Supreme Court is using now to force this stuff on their schools. Let's go a little deeper, because they really are fake Christians. What? No. How can they be? They're, they're, they're putting up the Ten Commandments. How can you be a... Th- oh, play with me. Let's go a little further. Again, this comes on the heels of a bunch of religiously motivated education reforms, like setting aside the Bible reading time in the day. Texas is requiring schools to install In God We Trust signs. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who is a crook, said the bills forcing the schools to mandate Bible time and display the Ten Commandments were wins... For religious freedom. Except, Dan, if you're forcing people to do it, where's the free part? See, ever since 1980, the Supreme Court ruling that struck down the Kentucky law requiring schools to display the Ten Commandments, for 43 years, the Supreme Court ruled the law violated the Lemon Test, which was established as a result of the 1971 ruling in Lemon versus Kurtzman. It's a three-part test. They've used it ever since to determine whether a law violates the part of the Constitution laying out the separation of church and state. But this Supreme Court, one-third of which was appointed by a reality game show landlord who lost the popular vote, 
They overruled the lemon test last year when they ruled in favor of the Washington State football coach fired after leading students in a prayer on the field. So I'm curious how these originalist Supreme Court members are going to interpret this when it comes before them. I mean, within the context of separation of church and state, they love bragging about how they're originalists, original constitutionalists. And I'm always like, hey, hey, if you're an original intent constitutionalist, I want to come over and see your slaves. I mean, this is grooming. (laughs) What about the parents' rights? Everything Republicans say. What about the parents' rights? What if, I know we're in Texas, but what if there are Muslim children or Hindu children or Jewish children? What if parents want the Bhagavad Gita or the Quran displayed in every classroom? Hmm? What if they're atheists and they don't want their kids to see the Ten Commandments every day? Well, sorry, silly. It's my religious freedom, not yours. This Texas bill is laughably unconstitutional. It's horrific. But again, the whole idea behind it is, or this is what it is, non-Christians are less American. This plan is explicitly Christian, despite the Judeo-Christian claims. If you're not Judeo-Christian, you are less American. They are picking one religion. And by the way, that religion ain't Christianity. We'll get to that in a second. This legislature in Texas has proposed banning tenure. They want to ban discussion of race and gender. They want to ban diversity statements. And they want prayer and Bible study time in the public schools. It's Christian nationalism in action. I mean, again, this bill approved won't just permit the state's public schools to display the Ten Commandments. It forces them to do it and to do it prominently. What if a teacher doesn't follow them? Let's be honest. Nobody follows them. But we'll get to that shortly. Only two of them are illegal. The agenda is clear. It is theocratic Christian nationalism. You know what it's not? Christianity. This country was founded on the principle of church separated from state. It's in the Constitution. It's written there. Republican Party has been trying to dismantle this principle for a long time. That's Christian nationalism. But they claim to want Christian values while rejecting the values of Christ. So, you know, I've talked about it many times. There's nothing Jesus actually taught that these Republicans fight for. Take care of the poor, take care of the sick, be kind to those in prison, pay your taxes, oppose the death penalty, welcome the stranger? No. They'll cling instead to other things, like homophobia from Leviticus. Uh, they'll, They'll misquote Paul to justify being cruel to the poor. Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. But they won't quote Jesus. You ever notice this? These schools, these courthouses, they never want to put the Sermon on the Mount on the wall. Never the Beatitudes. Always the Ten Commandments, which Jesus reduced to two. (laughs) Jesus took the Ten Commandments and said, only need two. One, you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And two, you will love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, all the other commandments are folded into these two. But that's Jesus. They want Moses. America not being a Christian theocracy where everyone has to follow the tenets of my faith might be a violation of my religious freedoms. But again, which Ten Commandments? Because I don't know if you know this, they're all different. The Jews have their set, the Catholics have their set, the Protestants have their set. I mean, if look, if you're, if you're Jewish, number one, I am the Lord your God who has taken you out of the land of Egypt. Catholics believe I'm the Lord your God, you'll have no other gods beside me. Protestants, you'll have no other gods but me. Okay, well, that's that's not bad. In the Jewish faith, the second commandment is, 
you shall have no other gods but me. But the Catholic faith, you shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. But the second commandment in Protestant faith is, you shall not make unto you any graven images. Do you get where I'm going? They haven't actually read it. Remember to keep holy the Lord's day. Well, that's Saturday. (laughs) Do you think people in Texas stay home and don't do anything on Saturday? Uh, You shall not kill. This state is the leader in killing people via the state government. I mean, they are an all-star on Satan's death penalty squad. You shall not commit adultery. Okay, you shall not murder. You shall not steal. Shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Guys, Donald Trump has broken all 10 of these. I mean, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet your neighbor's goods. Donald Trump carried out executions and assassinations. Donald Trump lies like people breathe. This is a great way to teach kids that adults who put these on the wall while supporting Donald Trump are completely full of crap and have never actually read the commandments. And another thing, as long as we're talking about groomers, I wonder how Texas parents feel about teachers being the one to teach their children what thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife means. What thou shalt not commit adultery means. But here's the real reason why it's not Christian. The Ten Commandments aren't even the foundational code of ethics for Christians. The foundational code of ethics for Christians would be Jesus and his teachings. (laughs) These are people who just don't pay attention in church. And can I just also say real Christians should not be forcing anyone to hang anything anywhere. When Christians are fighting to hang the Ten Commandments in school, rather than the Beatitudes or Jesus's commandments to the disciples in Matthew 25, it says that they're actually, no, they don't care about Christianity. It's based on Moses or Caesar, but not the guy they pretend to follow. And my friends, Christianity that's been co-opted by the state and imposed forcibly on citizens is no longer Christianity. We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT, and we have a lot of topics to get to tonight. Let's go, if we can, to Frank, who's calling from Austin. Hi, Frank. Thanks for your patience. Welcome. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, uh, thank you for allowing me to call. I just wanted to, uh, I talked to you guys a few months back. All I have to say was um, this guy in Amarillo, that judge, that Trump, that Trump, uh, Put in place. This is a reason I think we have to um, refocus as a, a democratic standpoint. People that believe in democracy, we have to start on the local, like uh, school board level, the local level. That's actually it seems to be more important from what what I'm learning. I mean, it's a learning process here, but that uh, these guys are better at it than us. And, I agree. Uh, from from a uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's a good, a morally, uh, more good moral compass perspective, but they're they're better at this. It's the one thing that I have against Democrats, and I'm definitely. It was raised by Democratic parents, <laughs> and I feel that way. I have a 12 year old son, and I want to welcome Chris back, by the way, because I called you guys last time. I think it was Jerry Garcia's birthday, and he's a deadhead, I believe. But anyway, you know who's a dead? Can I tell you who a deadhead is? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan has begun oh, putting yeah. Grateful oh, Dead yeah. songs in his set list every night for the last week in Japan. But go ahead. I saw, I saw that. I saw that uh, ripple. But I just wanted to say that we got to pay attention. We got to outsmart these guys. And we can't be pussies, man. Like these guys, like when someone shows you who they are, believe them. 
And there's yeah. no more like the olive branch across the aisle. We just got to play their game. And there's more of us. And we're, we're right. richer because we're a diverse group. And uh, we represent the bulk, the majority of America. And we happen to be more diverse. We don't all agree on the same thing. We don't care about the same thing. But we definitely care about just leave us alone and leave us to be free. And, you know, and it's important. And I just want to say welcome back, Chris. And I'm taking my kid to Dallas to go see Dead and Company. And I'm oh, grooming nice. him for that. And I'm grooming him. So you call me out on that. I don't care because I've never had anything <laughs> bad happen to me at a dead show. How, right, old, you, how old is your kid? Guys. How old is your kid? He's 12. He'll be his fourth nice. show. Wow, nice. I got to see The Grateful Dead um, right at the end. I, I My my first two dead shows were the last two dead shows they did at Giant Stadium before we lost Jerry in 1995. So uh, it was. I, I'm glad yeah. I got the chance to see him when I, when, when I still could. The main thing is, it's like they try to beat us down on these different little, uh, you know, if it's not uh, drag queens, then it's Mexicans at the border, yep. or this or that, or whatever. It's just, just whatever shiny object can distract from the reality of that they ain't doing shit for us. Right, but you so, got to remember, it's always a powerless minority. It's always a marginalized group. That's that's fascism 101. They will tell you, oh, these American Muslims, they're going to, they're, they're, oh, no, I meant the undocumented immigrants. Oh, no, no, no. I meant, I meant the gay couples who want to marry. No, it's the trans kids who want to play sports. Whoever, they'll find a minority with no power. They'll convince all these conservative white folks to be afraid of them. They'll say, only we can keep you safe. And the conservative white folks never realize right. that the Republicans are not actually doing anything to improve their quality of life. Right. And they keep Being mean to trans up. people doesn't help you at all. They keep bringing up problems that actually really uh, subsurfacely don't exist. Like, who yeah. who was scared of drag queens, you know, five or ten years? It's all it's problems that don't exist. Up. When's the last time you heard of, of voter impersonation affecting the outcome of an election? Never. Right. It has never right. happened. We have never had a problem with voter impersonation in this country. But that bullshit is the reason they used to have all of these voter ID laws, which are just designed solely to make it harder for some people to exercise their right. Main message I have is just see through the bullshit, people. See through the bullshit, man. And I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Love you back. Thank you very much. 866-997-4748. Let me go to Bob in North Carolina. Hi, Bob. Thanks for your patience. (laughs) Hey, John. How are you doing this evening? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I wanted to add, before I forget, I want to add one other you know, encompassing thing from the, like you said, for Jesus. Please. Uh, I was raised Catholic, but I don't remember. I'll, I'll put it this way. I thought I remembered. So a buddy of mine said, well, I, I remember you had three venial sins. You had one mortal sin. You had three mortal sins. You had one, and you had, you know, I said, Bob, no, no, wait a minute. You only get one mortal sin. I said, well, that's how much I paid attention in catechism. But So funny. I, but even with can that, I tell Can I tell you something? With, can I tell you something? I married a Lutheran sure. person, and she said to me that when she met me, she, she, she had never dated a Catholic before, and she said to me, I had never met anyone in my life who talked about the word sin more than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I grew up in Chicago in the southeast side. I grew up in a neighborhood that had a lot of the many members of the Hebrew faith, and I remember early on at some of my two classmates, uh, my class, the mother of one of my classmates had survived the Holocaust. And I remember yeah. another one of my classmates, uh, the cleaning lady, and seeing you know, the tattoo on the arm. And, yeah. um, you know, yeah. that. And, and of course, the Germans were so efficient. It was the forearms that you didn't have to pull the, too much off the sleeve because you wanted to be efficient and fast. And oh. it, it, that stuff, I mean, 
and I, in disclosure, I work for a German company, but the guys who I work with, you know, that, that is a huge thing, a shame for them that they acknowledge. And, you know, I wish that we would have the same kind of, um, you know, reflection and acknowledgement, like a 12 step program. And, whoops, oops, sorry about that. That is That's okay. uh, not going to work. I don't know. Okay. Medicine for a family member who is being treated for cancer. That I got to make sure that the medicine goes in. So I will be there shortly. But no, the thing I wanted to say was something that opened me up is also of many pieces I had, and one is from the the Sioux Nation, from the of the uh, the, the great Sioux Nation, and that is a term called Mitakuya Oyasen. Mitakuya Oyasen, which basically means all my relations, hmm. it's everything, not only just us. It's also the plants, the, the, the animals, and every, all the all the things that keep us alive. That we keep forgetting nice. that we're standing on we're standing on the, the literally the microorganisms that are keeping us alive. That's right. And that are and that we are really a community, you know, of of organisms that are keeping yeah. us alive. And think balance is good, and not staying in balance is not good. That's right. We live on Turtle Island, and the natives had it figured out better than us. Hey, thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate it. Drive safe. Quick break. We'll be right back with Max Burns and your calls. We're at 866-997-4748. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm always so excited anytime Max Burns joins us. He's a hard man to get. Max is a Public Relations Society of America award-winning Democratic strategist and a terrific political columnist whose advocacy work has guided many successful American companies and campaigns. You may have seen him or read him in the Daily Beast, News Nation, MSNBC, NBC News. We are always thankful when Mr. Burns can make some time for us. Max, welcome back. Hey, thanks so much for having me. 
Thank you. What a day. I mean, we just found out right before I got here that uh, Mifepristone will live another day. Um, I wasn't really expecting it to be a seven to two ruling, but um, I guess, you know, Amy Coney Barrett and Gorsuch and even Brett Kavanaugh are capable of reading public opinion polls. And they're also, remember, very savvy political operators. They're not just jurists. They're also people who are very deep involved in politics. So they understand optics. And that's why I'm partially not allowing this to make me too excited. But at this point, I think especially for women who've been beaten up on since June and long before that, any win is a win and we should take it. Yeah, well, I hope so, too. I I, I feel optimistic about it. It's been a very, very crazy week. And part of me wants to just go through every event of the week with you to make sense of it, Max, like way, way back in time. I'm talking way back on Monday when uh, Dominion got three quarters of a billion dollars out of Fox. It feels like it was years ago already. But I keep thinking that we are on the verge of what I'm calling the golden age of micro accountability, where, where people are having to pay a little bit. You know, I mean, I mean, Alex Jones, a billion dollars in his ruling. Donald Trump got indicted. Fox News had to pay seven hundred eighty million dollars for their lies. Is it wrong to be a little optimistic that maybe just maybe I, I think Clarence Thomas should be looking over his shoulder a bit? No, I think this is really quite serious. We're seeing sort of the reaction to what has been decades of Republican media, Republican leaders essentially operating without any accountability at all to the point where they justifiably sort of felt that it was never coming. And it got so brazen in Fox's case that they they acknowledged, I think, early on that it was very unlikely they would win that case. And as Mitt Romney said on the day that that uh, settlement was made, you don't give someone three quarters of a billion dollars unless you're pretty sure you're guilty and you're Mm -hmm. not going to win a trial. So it is it certainly shows you that Uh, that this is not some impenetrable, undefeatable octopus of influence, that it can be brought down, it can be humbled, and all it takes is for our systems to work properly. Everyone I've talked to is so upset that no one has to read a statement on the air, that Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity don't have to read something, that they're not even going to stick Cavuto on at three in the morning to read something on the air, that it just sort of seems like Fox's audience will continue to never know they were lied to. But uh, my feeling is Dominion did this for themselves, not for us and not for democracy. They did it because they felt their corporation was wronged. And they've gone from being an 80 million company to an 800 million company in one week. No, it is. It is certainly people who thought that Dominion was doing this for the good of democracy. uh, Got a little disappointment there because in the end, Dominion is doing it for their shareholders. And I would be hard pressed for any CEO to turn down essentially almost a decade of earnings for the company in one settlement. But it is it is weird. I was furious to see that there was not going to be a statement. I mean, we've seen in the past with Newsmax having to deliver a statement that they were wrong and that they knowingly lied, uh, that, that it may not persuade your, your audience, but it does have an effect. It did have a negative effect on Newsmax's ability to be viewed as credible by people mm-hmm. who are sort of leaning in. And it just... To me, for a party that talks so much about personal responsibility and how what's missing from America is a sense of shame anymore, that people just do whatever they do and they don't feel bad, that uh, to be denied that opportunity to have to say in public, we lied, we knew we lied, and we did it repeatedly, I think might have had a bit more of a cleansing effect on where we are in, in our media environment. Yeah. 
I think so too. You know, I'm 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 on Stephanie Rule's show tonight on MS, and and they asked us about this, and I was like, you know, when you look at all the lies Fox News got away with, I mean, they deserve so much credit for America going to war in Iraq. The many, many lies about WMDs being greeted as liberators, that anyone dissenting hated the country and was in league with the terrorists. Think about all the years Hannity pimped anyone with a racist smear against the first black president not being born here. The lies about Obamacare and death panels, the lies about Benghazi, Hillary Clinton's emails. I mean, my only response is, you know, so they finally got caught on one lie. Their, their track record's pretty strong. They're still batting 999 to me, and I don't see there's any reason or incentive for Fox to stop lying. No, there's not. And what we what is going to be interesting is this upcoming case, the $2.7 billion defamation case mm-hmm. uh, from Smartmatics, which is now because that's a civil case, they can can use this settlement and a jury can infer guilt from a previous settlement in that situation. So things get even bleaker for Fox. And at this point, I mean, Fox is running out of free money uh, laying in their vaults to actually give to these people. So another blow like this, you could see really serious structural problems start to open up there. Yeah, exactly. Let me let me let me shift gears a bit and talk to you about something a bit more hopeful and not just that you're writing for CNN, but you have a great op ed last week in CNN that I have to ask you about. It's called Signs that we finally reached a tipping point on guns. And you say for the second time in as many weeks, an American community is grieving after a mass shooting. Five shattered families in Louisville joined the six mourning their loved ones in Nashville. As violence proliferates, the point that the most American families have been affected by a gun-related incident, the political armor that once protected firearms might finally be cracking. Max, I think you might be a little bit more optimistic than me, but tell me what, what, what inspired you to write this piece and why do you think that just maybe we could be on the verge of a tipping point? Well, there are two factors that are sort of working together here. One is the historic collapse of the NRA, which has not been covered enough. I don't think most Americans realize that a couple decades ago, the NRA was the undisputed sole voice on guns. It essentially convinced Democrats to say they would not pursue any gun control uh, after the shooting at Virginia Tech. They were so afraid of the political fallout. Now the NRA is so broke It can barely afford its office rent, much less to fund politicians. And we've seen as the NRA has receded that gun groups have stepped forward. And we're seeing on the state level huge amounts of success in Michigan with Gretchen Whitmer just passed an 11 bill package that includes sweeping gun safety reforms. And more than that, it's popular now. Someone like Gretchen Whitmer would have been afraid to say the words background checks 10 years ago. Now her package of bills has people talking about her as a candidate for the presidency. I mean, as you know from from being there, it is a remarkable change in how we've uh, come to see the relationship to guns. It's true, but I wouldn't say we're quite like on the verge of seeing class action suits against cigarette manufacturers, right? I mean, the NRA might not be as powerful as it was, but they still have enough money to buy off plenty of politicians, don't they? I mean, they're they're essentially just... You know, to me, the big lie about the NRA is that they're a gun rights organization. They're not. They're the lobbying wing of the gun manufacturers. And those guys, their profits are strong. No, absolutely. But where it's hurting the NRA is the grassroots. They've lost over a million members just in the last couple of years. That mailing list is starting to get old. In a lot of cases, it's dying off and new people are not joining. Mm 
So it really weakens their voice. And I think at the same time, you see that so many people in America have seen and lived with the effects of this gun violence, a whole generation, Gen Z, defined by their relationship to gun violence. And it's not a coincidence that we're seeing numbers rise every year on support for these gun measures. And as a result, Democrats are finding their voice again. And when they talk about guns, they're finding, hey, we get things passed and we win elections. So my hope is that's going to lead to a completely different type of conversation next year. And it's interesting that they got there by doing what the Republicans do. They didn't focus on federal reforms. They didn't have a lot of hope for it. They've just invested heavily, as you say, in influencing state and local policy. That really is what guides it. That's why Gretchen Whitmer has more to show, I would argue, than Joe Biden does. Yeah. And listen, it is disappointing that there hasn't been more federal action on guns, for sure. I mean, Biden got the bipartisan gun deal passed, which, depending on where you stand, is most likely not enough. Uh, It did some good things and provided some money. But what organizations like Everytown and Moms Demand Action and the Parkland kids have done is essentially build a huge state and local bench. They realize that you can fund a lot of races for not a lot of money if you focus on state and local, and that those are the people in many cases who are writing the gun laws most directly affecting a community. And they've done that in Wisconsin. They've done that in Michigan. Uh, They've even done that in places like Utah, where gun groups have so much influence that the Republican governor has immediately started pushing uh, some background check and gun safety legislation. That is something that would have been unimaginable even yeah. five years ago. Oh, you're right. I mean, wow, you're you're filling me with hope, Max Burns. Let me let me bring it over to your Substack because I want to cover everything you've been writing. You're a very prolific man. You well, have you're going to lose hope on that. Well, <laughs> I, I, I you know my my thoughts on Diane Feinstein keep evolving. To tell you the truth, you have a great piece. In your Substack called The Twilight of Dianne Feinstein, the time has come for California's senior senator to serve democracy by standing aside. Now, I I understand the argument very well, um, and I'm very, very careful because I find in talking about Dianne Feinstein, it's very easy to, you know, you can can do liberal outrage bingo. You can be sexist, ageist, and ableist all at the same time here, so choosing my words carefully. Um, The the, the wisdom is, the the thinking is she needs to resign. Because she's unable to attend and she's missed 60 votes on judges as part of the Senate Judiciary Committee because she has shingles. And as we know, shingles doesn't care. Um, So Senator Feinstein is now volunteered to have herself replaced on the Judiciary Committee because Joe Biden has justices and, you know, judge nominees that need votes. And the Republicans have said they won't allow it. So now the pressure is growing and some Democrats in Congress are saying it's time for her at age 87 to step aside. Um, Enter you, Max. Where's your thinking on this right now? Well, this is, like you said, a very difficult conversation to have because a lot of people have come forward now. uh, Kirsten Gillibrand here in New York, uh, Nancy Pelosi, to say that it is sexist and ageist to say that Dianne Feinstein should resign just because she's fighting it an infection of shingles. And that sort of talks around an issue that's an open secret in Washington, but that people don't like to talk about bluntly, which is that it's not the shingles that's worrying people. It's that for years now, Dianne Feinstein has had a very noticeable and very severe cognitive decline. Chuck Schumer has been open about that. He's mentioned talking to her multiple times about reducing her duties, 
Uh, she was pushed to not seek re-election because mm -hmm. of those limitations. Uh, and that's not something you get well soon from. Uh, this is an issue that, like Strom Thurmond, like Robert Byrd, imperils the ability of the Senate to function and of Democrats to do what they promised. And that is not what Dianne Feinstein in her better days would have wanted. Okay, I respect that very much. Um, in, in terms of the Judiciary Committee, though, the, the argument I keep hearing is Biden's judges can't get approval because she's out sick. And so it's slowing down the process of judge confirmation. But you're not focusing on that. You're saying overall her cognitive decline has been very well reported. And you're right. It has for years. Um, I, I don't know how hard it is to be a senator. I mean, you have to show up and vote a certain way. Um, and I assume you have to make phone phone calls for fundraising, but she's not running for re-election, so that's done. I mean, Strom Thurmond served in there until he was 100 years old and they were wheeling him around. But he here's my question. I mean, wh why should we believe that if she were to resign, that the Republicans in the Senate would allow a new Democrat to be seated and take her place on the committee. I think these Republicans would filibuster that and try to stop any more Biden judges from being approved. Already, Joe Biden has approved more judges to the circuit court um, than Barack Obama or Donald Trump did. He's also uh, had the majority of his justices he's approved have been women. The majority have been people of color. He has approved more black women to be judges in the circuit courts than every previous president combined. And there's about 20 of the cases that have are waiting, but they've already given their testimony. They're just waiting for a vote. I, I understand the need, the, the desire to get Feinstein off of the committee to try to get someone else in there who can move these through. But I, I don't know that it would work. I don't know that anything could happen. I think arguably and ironically, Democrats' best bet for getting these judges to approve is to hope that Dianne Feinstein gets better and comes back to work soon. I don't know how they can move forward otherwise. Well, I think you raise a great point because there are essentially two concerns. There's the political, which is, you're right, these judges are not getting their reports out of committee so they can't be confirmed. And that's starting to slow Joe Biden's really record pace of nominations. And that's something we really need to focus on because the judiciary, as we see, is everything. Uh, but the rules of the Senate are a little different. It's easier if you're bringing in a senator who has no current portfolio to appoint them to a committee than it is to swap senators around committees who already have assignments. Mm. And what effectively they're saying is that Republicans aren't going to help Democrats do their jobs. Uh, if they want that seat, she's going to have to step down because they then assume there's going to be a very bruising internal fight for who will replace her. Right. And honestly, Gavin Newsom could short circuit that by just appointing a placeholder and having that vote there to pass those people through. And more importantly, right. so Californians can have actual representation from two senators as they deserve. You know, I think that's actually a pretty safe bet, Max, when you consider the three very talented and capable California representatives who are already running for that seat. I, I don't think Newsom would appoint any of the three. I think he would go ahead and have a, an interim and let those three duke it out in 2024. You're right. I think we're, we're moments away from seeing the Jerry Brown Senate campaign and Senate run. He's always wanted and he'll get it Don't without even having to me. run. Don't tease me. I would love it. Jerry Brown could be 90. He could be older than Diane Feinstein. I would vote for it. Uh, Max, in our remaining moments, um, thoughts and prayers for your blue check. How are you doing without it? You're, you're 24 you, hours in, right? Are you OK? I'm holding up. We've got some candles lit. Uh, it's only a little bit of crying. It's it's not as bad as losing a congressional race, but it's it's not great either. 
It's not great, but it's a bit interesting now seeing who still has them. You know, it, it's gone from being a, some sort of status thing on Twitter to now being, oh, you gave a billionaire eight bucks. Like, I, I now can't find any of the artists or activists or journalists that I usually follow in the verified feed. They're all gone. The verified feed is what the regular feed is. A bunch of people hiding their name and face, posting whatever the hell they want. It's indistinguishable from each other. I, This guy is just trying to wreck his website. He, he absolutely is. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of old Twitter, where it was just unfiltered chaos, and it was very hard to have any kind of coherent uh, relevance to the news conversation because you couldn't figure out who was who or where anything was. And I mean, I think it's telling that this was not implemented well, because for a little bit yesterday, I had uh, the yellow commercial business checkmark, and then my entire Twitter was in Portuguese for an hour. So really? I, it seems like everything is going great over at Twitter <laughs> HQ. I mean, it's I may not have going two to... check marks by the end of the day. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like the SpaceX rocket might have been the best part of Elmo's day yesterday. Just uh, <laughs> it was certainly a less expensive mistake. We only have a minute left, but tell me about Mike Lindell. I know you were on MSNBC, NBC today to talk about his inexplicable confidence. Um, or you, you have a piece on MSNBC, I should say, about the inexplicable confidence of, of the pillow man, Mike Lindell. I mean, haven't you hung out with guys who do coke before? That's how they all are, Max. <laughs> He's high on MAGA, which is a very volatile drug. But yeah, it's, it's fascinating. He bet a group of people in 2021 $5 million dollars that they couldn't prove his data about the election being stolen was wrong. Uh, as it turns out, it took a Trump Republican data scientist about a day to yeah. prove it wrong. Uh, Lindell said he wouldn't pay. And now an arbitration board says, well, buddy, open up your wallet because you owe this guy $5 million. And this <laughs> comes at a time when Lindell does not have a lot of spare cash mm -hmm. around. So oh, it'll yeah. be interesting He's to see that fight. He's looking down two lawsuits as well. Yeah. You know, the only good thing about this for Lindell by tomorrow, he probably won't remember it. Max, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you, sir, and keep up with all your doings? You can follow me on Twitter at the Max Burns or on my Substack at maxburns.substack.com. It's a pleasure, Max. Thanks for joining us. We have a great weekend. We got to take a break. We'll be back in two with your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Happy Earth Day to you and yours, and we hope you have a beautiful and meaningful Earth Day uh, wherever you may be, however you may celebrate. Joe Biden was announcing new policies aimed at environmental justice ahead of Earth Day today. He says modern humankind will be judged by future generations for how we treated the planet. 
Earth Day is tomorrow, a chance to reflect on the national wonders of our nation and our planet. But we have to do a great deal more than just reflect. We have to commit ourselves to action. Will we step up to our ambitions? Will we stand together to meet the great challenges we have? Will we preserve our planet for future generations? History is going to judge us by how we answer these questions. And that's not hyperbole, that's a fact. And today, I hope the answer is going to be a loud and clear, yes. Yes, we're committed to following the science. Yes, we're determined to strengthen the ambitions and our ambitions and actions. And yes, we will include communities that have been denied basic security, basic dignity that comes from clean air, having clean air, clean water, and clean energy jobs and environmental justice. Okay, sounds great. How about some specifics? Here's Biden offering some of the details from his new executive order. Under this order, environmental justice will become the responsibility of every single federal agency. I mean, every single federal agency. That means every federal agency must take into account environmental and health impacts on communities and the work to prevent those negative impacts. Environmental justice will be the mission of the entire government, woven directly into how we work with state, local, tribal, and territorial governments. Okay. Bo Diddley wrote a song called Pollution as well, Chris. Now I'm trying to find all my environmental tunes. Depeche Mode, The Landscape is Changing. That's a good one. I know that one. Uh, John Denver, Earth Day Every Day. There you go. Hey, oh, let's go to the phones. We are at 866-997-4748. Some of y'all been on hold a long time. We're going to get to all of you this hour. Let's start with the Reverend Sandy calling from California. Reverend, I hope I, I hope I had my Ten Commandments okay. Welcome. I think your Ten Commandments are just fine, but Thank you. I would like to talk about uh, Senator Feinstein first, and then I'll Please. get to the Ten Commandments. This will be quick, because I know a lot okay. of people are behind me. Okay. Um, at a certain point, you got to take the car keys away from mom and dad. I know. At a certain point, it's not safe anymore. I know. And it's but not say, sexist, certain, it's not I, ageist, it's not ableist, it's not any of those is. I know, It's really Sandy, a I loving know. kindness. Believe yeah. me, I agree. But here, here's the, here's the flip side of do. that question. Who's the one who decides to take the keys away? And should it be the voters who sent her there in the first place? Right. Well, as one of those voters, I can tell you that... Uh, I voted for her, too. I, I, well, I voted for her years ago. It's, you know, it, it's a six-year term in the Senate, and mm-hmm. um, I voted for her many years ago, and I think, I, yeah, you're right. I don't know who takes the keys away. I'm just saying to have an opinion that Dianne Feinstein should step down is not an opinion of, out of hatred or prejudice. Oh, I know. I know it's an it, yeah I know you know it's an opinion about when someone is eighty nine years old maybe it's time to retire. I mean, can you, you know? imagine? Like, and it's I not know, just but about it's, being eighty nine. I know, but, but you also know the thing about liberals is they love to get offended, and the umbrage gasms over <laughs> this one. Come on, Sandy. I mean, this one's ageist. That's a liberal myself. This is this, but this one's this is sexist and ageist and ableist. Like my liberal outrage bingo is going crazy over this story. My whole point I is, know. if you're if you're saying she has to go just because of the Judiciary Committee, save it. 
because no. if she left, there's no guarantee the Republicans would not filibuster correct. appointing a new member for two years anyway. Correct, correct. I just want to say that she, you know, she deserves some time out of the Senate before she closes her eyes for the last time. I agree Tell that to her completely. staff. You know, right. you like, know what? Her staff is paid to Who do isn't telling her staff? I mean, God bless them. Can you imagine being on, on her staff? Like, no one is telling them anything but that. Right. Yeah, but what are they telling her? You know, part of it with me, and I think one of the reasons that this rankles people the way it does, is because it's 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 another example of what I see as a larger problem across her entire generation of politicians. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I think I think just as much the sign of great leadership in, in an American democracy isn't just what you do in office, it's knowing when to step away from the from politics sure. and knowing when to pass the torch. Of course. Well, and look what Pelosi did it, and how well Pelosi did it and how classy it was that she stepped down right. when she did. But we have, and we look at this whole boomer generation that like the younger generations revile and they just see that the, we're in the situation we are because this generation won't, give up their stranglehold I know and the, and the horrible thing is that Nancy look look let's be honest liberals don't love Diane Feinstein okay and, and that's that's a bit of bias that's always out there she voted for the Iraq war she voted for Bush's tax cuts for the rich people she's up to her eyeballs she and her husband in defense contractor money I get it I get it I get it but at the same time I, I don't want to be ageist. And if she can do the job, Joe Biden's 80. Strom Thurmond was 100 in the Senate. If you can show Correct. up and do it, that's one thing. Correct. She has shingles Correct. and that's terrible. And I'm hoping she just heals and can come and cast her votes and fill out the next two years. But my whole thing is, if you're saying it's urgent, it's urgent because of the Judiciary Committee. Joe Biden's already had more judges approved than Obama or Trump at this point in their first term. A hundred percent, John. I just am saying, I'm just supporting the voices that are concerned. I think you're right that there's no solution for the Judiciary Committee at this moment. And there's no solution for what Dianne Feinstein is going through at this moment. She just has to wait it out. But I do believe that, and here's a deep, dark secret. The same thing is true in the church. A lot of the older folks have kept a hold on things and not let the younger generation in. And, you know, people wonder why churches are dying. And it's a lot like Chris said. It's like we're just not able to take the reins because certain people won't let go. I mean, it's the opposite in the Catholic Church where certain priests are staying there forever because there's no young seminarians coming out to replace them. Yeah, 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 that's the truth. And I think if they let priests marry and let women be priests, they would have a different problem. But... (laughs) Um, you mean you mean yeah. like they did for the first thousand years of the Christian of the Catholic Church when exactly. priests could marry? Yeah, it's the conservative exactly. point of view. Absolutely. And for the first first couple hundred years, at least, there were women priests. So. That's right, Sandy. You are the yeah. best. Thank you so much, and I hope you had a I nice love Easter. You. Can too. I say a minute about yeah, yeah. Um, just a minute about the yeah. Ten Commandments? Please. Okay, oh yes, please. Quickly. That's yes. I, correct me if quickly, I was wrong. The Ten on Commandments are not a magic. Uh, magic incantation that you say them and everybody obeys the law of the land. And that's my first comment. And the second comment is that the Ten Commandments are really a form of a treaty between the Israelites and God. And the difference between that ancient treaty between the Israelites and God is when it was between between any conquered nation and the king, they would have to give the king stuff and women, and money, and slaves, and crops, yeah. and everything. But God didn't say, I want you to give me all your stuff. 
God said, I want you not to lie to each other. I don't want you to wish you had each other's stuff. I want you to take care of each other and get along together. I don't want you to be in a bad situation. Now, clearly the first few are about God as being God and God is in charge, and that is clear in the Ten Commandments. But the rest of it is all about how society should treat each other. And, of course, it was an ancient society. But as you said, certain people have broken all the ones about adultery and lying and all the things. But I just want to say that it really was about a loving God trying to teach people how to get along better together. Correct. But but would, would you also agree that Jesus reduced the Ten Commandments to two? And that you are not honoring Jesus, you're you're honoring Moses by posting those in your classroom, and right. I guess and, that's better than a know, courtroom. I, but I would totally agree with that. I would say that there's a lot in Judaism about loving your neighbor and loving um, the stranger and all of that, and Absolutely. Jesus elevated it in my tradition in the Christian Jesus tradition. never stopped being Jewish. No, he never did. But what he did was he put it down to say, love your na- love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself, and your neighbor, your black neighbor, your Muslim neighbor, your white neighbor, your Christian neighbor, your Jewish neighbor, your uh, immigrant neighbor, all your neighbors, all the people who in proximity to you, you love them. And that's pretty clear, and I don't see anybody, like you said, John, posting that on any wall. Nope. I'll be impressed the day I see right-wingers start to quote Jesus. They want uh, Christian values. They don't want the values of Christ. Right, that. All right, John. Thank you. Good night. Thank you, Reverend, for classing up our damn show. Always a pleasure. Let's go to Pit Doc in Pennsylvania. Doctor, welcome. Hey, John. First thing of all, I'm watching you on Dan Abrams while listening to you on your show. You just blew my mind. I know. I'm sorry for all of it. I know. Were you Dr. Manhattan? (laughs) Anyway. one yeah, day. I'll be on MSNBC later on, so you can see me again while no, listening. No, no. Hopefully, hopefully one of you is, is making tender love to your wife at the same time. Anyway, the medium <laughs> thing. Uh, right now, we've in the couple, last couple of months, we've been in the middle of spring tryouts. We have Ron DeSantis, you know, uh, trying to get people from Texas and ship them to Massachusetts. Yes. Then you had Greg Attic saying, well, hold my beer. I'm going to make political assassination uh, legal in Texas as long as you're killing the right people. Okay, they're both they're both trying out they're both trying out for for, for president or for vice president. Okay, the second group buying for for uh, office is uh, Judge Cooper in uh, Judge Cooper in Florida, and then mm-hmm. Judge Kazmarek in Texas. They're okay. vying to be the next Supreme Court justice the next time a Republican rolls around. Fascinating. You're right. Yeah, okay. you're right. Two smaller things. First of all, you talked me earlier this this week about uh, giving LSD to the Congress. Yes. What was the movie where they gave LSD to the Congress? Wild in the Streets? Yes. yes. Oh, it yeah. It was, talking, it was talking about the horrors of 18-year-olds getting the vote in 1958. That's right. I saw that movie when I was like 14, and it blew my mind. Like a, a, they, a pop star becomes president, and he lowers the voting age to 12? Is that? And then they just they throw all the adults into 16, LSD yeah. communes. Yeah, they throw all the grown-ups yeah, into they, LSD they communes. All, they, put all the Congress, they put all the Congress in concentration camps. Oh, uh, the fir- the final thing is, uh, I know Cameron Crowe is a friend of the show. Can you just speak into his ear a little bit? Mm. Joni Mitchell, played by Jody Comer. Oh, gutsy call. From Killing yeah. Eve, and she's mm-hmm. on she's on Broadway right now. She's on Broadway right now. She would be making. I just got to find out if she sings or not. 
but she would make uh, a great Joni Mitchell. That's actually really good casting. All right, I'll, I'll tell Cameron Crowe. He, he owes me 10 Take bucks, easy, so I'll, I'll hit him up. Thanks, man. Have All a great right. weekend. All right. 866-997-4748. Larry in Maryland, thanks for your patience and welcome. Hi, John. We haven't spoken in many, many months. I'm honored. And I, so I have to ask you, anything new happening? <laughs> it's been a pretty slow year so far. How about for you? <laughs> well, I'm a little disjointed by all of uh, the events going on, but I think it's foregone conclusion and truth that the majority of Americans really don't want to be victims of all this gun violence that we're yes. suffering. Well, I and think it's so even it's I, even I would I, I would even say the majority of Americans don't want to see other people be the victims of gun violence <laughs> because there is a minority of us that just kind of feels like that's the price we have to pay. There's a minority of us that think dead children are an acceptable compromise so middle class men can own AR15s. Well, here's here's an idea. Let me discuss it, get it out. Please. Uh, I know it'll seem irrational and dictatorial, but here it goes. Okay. As commander-in-chief of the military, our president requisitions with reimbursement all the military-grade weapon and ammunition in private hands to be delivered to the nearest U.S. military base throughout the country Mm -hmm. within the next 60 days and halt the production of these military-grade weapons to the public taking them off the market as need be with reimbursement and shipping them, if necessary, to Ukraine. Under the authority, and I know there must be an authority for the emergency use of of this sort of requisitioning by the commander-in-chief. So you're saying the president could unilaterally cease production of AR-15s and then just... What, steal them from the companies that make them to ship them overseas for the Ukrainian resistance? I mean, the the, the companies that make them own them. Okay, so he'll buy them. Okay, okay, that's, 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 I mean, I'd love to see it happen. I can't imagine a universe where it could happen. I I can't, I, I can't imagine the president would have that kind of power. I mean, and I can't imagine a president should have that kind of power to impose his will on a private corporation like that. You know, I like the idea, in theory, the like the part of me that just thinks, oh, that's a, that's that's good. Yeah, get them off the streets. Great. But I, I don't know if it's legal. I don't know if it's feasible. I, as a sci-fi no. fantasy, I love it. <laughs> of course, the Supreme Court would never hear of it. But yeah, some kind I don't of, think this is some kind of wartime would, mobilization. It would be an approach and it would make the issue something that Biden could stand on. Look, I love it. I, I would go a step further. I would just say we can still sell AR-15s, but only to women. Because women have proven they are the only gender, so far, we can trust with them. So, mine's even simpler. I guess so. Maybe I like your idea better. <laughs> Larry, thank you so much. I think I like yours. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Don't be a stranger, okay? okay? Quick break. We will be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. This is Sirius XM Progress. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Rachel is calling from L.A. Hi, Rachel. Hey there. Happy Fugelsang Friday and all the airwaves. Thank you. Happy Earth Day (laughs) Um, Eve. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I love that Stephanie Rule Friday night panel. It's totally good. Like, I was just thinking last week, Sean should go on there. Like, yeah, I know. They've asked me before. Here's the deal. I used to do so much cable news, and then I, I, I just burned out. And the pandemic hit, and I just was like, I'm going to stay home and do the radio show from my apartment and not deal with any of this stuff. And I grew my hair really long, and now I'm finally ready to go back out. I was going to say that. <laughs> you, yeah. Maybe it's all it, because you didn't feel like doing your hair. I, well, yeah, completely. I, I was so burned out. You know, I was at a place where I'm like, wow, I wish the world would just stop for a while. And then it did. And so I grew my hair out. I looked like Beethoven had a love child with Loki. I looked horrible. I'm, I'm, it's not much better now. I've cut a foot of it off, but I still look ridiculous. I still look like, you know, Joe Exotic's mullet donor. But, um, you don't have but the I, layers I, yet, John. Where, why can't you get your layers? <laughs> but, well, I, I just was like, okay, He's I'm going to so go back gorgeous, to do it. So. You have such a good face, you know. Um, but and Thank also, you. you guys were just talking about the Diane Feinstein thing, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I was at work today, and 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 I ran into Spencer Garrett, the actor, and they were just talking about him and Stephanie Miller because he's in a movie with her nephew right now, and he's okay. like the nephew's staying at her house. And um, Spencer, what's on his mind is Diane Feinstein. <laughs> really, like that was what was on his mind, like bugging him, like you know, he really thinks that she should be stepping down. And I, wow. I just listened to that thing that your your guest said, and mm-hmm. that does make sense what he said, right? Like if it's yeah, whatever it is, it's going to not hold up the thing, and if it's it's by well, that's the whole resigning, thing, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't see I don't see any way that her resigning solves the problem with getting judges approved. I just don't see but your it. Your friend so, had hope for it. Your other guy just now had hope for that he could that that it's better. Yeah, he did. He did. I know. I, yeah, and I and he's smarter <laughs> than me. But he he's smarter than me. But he didn't convince me yet. I just I I okay. am convinced. I mean, Mitt Romney said it. He's like, why should we help the Democrats approve a bunch of liberal judges? They will filibuster and block any way right? they can. Yeah. So again, you want to get rid of her, get rid of her, but. Yeah, you know, I, I just don't see a way that. Something. Yeah, but again, we you know Joe. But it's worth pointing out again. Joe Biden has approved more black women to the circuit court as judges than the first forty-five presidents combined. Yeah, because maybe that's because Diane Feinstein was there to vote. Maybe. She was there, I know, but now Shingles well. doesn't care. Yeah. yeah, I hope she gets. I hope she gets better. I just tell me, tell me a better way to get these judges approved. Then we wait, and Diane Feinstein returns to work and casts her votes. This is not my wheelhouse. I don't. I do not know that. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a better way myself. But yeah, someone smarter than me has to tell me you're smarter than me. But if you can't think of a way, then I'm, I'm, I'm convinced I'm right. Hey, you know, with the gun violence and Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's like everything is just and Mercury just went retrograde on the eclipse. 
No way. Okay, this is the LA well, moment I needed. Mer- <laughs> I know when Mercury's in retrograde, it's bad, but going yeah. into retrograde on the eclipse, what does this mean? Well, it's very retrograde when this eclipse was. Like, I read in some things the eclipse was the 19th, but then someone else said the eclipse was yesterday, but Mercury went retrograde today, and they're all close together. So who knows, you know, ah, okay. maybe it's wow. good, maybe it'll work in opposite. Like, Mer- you know, Mercury maybe- retrograde is when like you, you, you shouldn't like sign any contracts or begin any projects, mm-hmm. only work on mm-hmm. existing things. It's when there's breakdowns in communication. You should expect things to not work. Right. Right. Oh, my God. It took me four tries to get my Uber today. They kept That's going what- to the wrong pickup place on the other side of the thing, like where you can't get through. Like. That's right. Well, you know what I do when Mercury is in retrograde? I reach my arm all the way in and I yank Mercury out. That's what I do. I know, you have to not accept it. You're right. It's like birthing a calf. Yeah. Rachel, <laughs> thank you so very much for reminding me. Now I'll be paranoid about the go stars. And then go watch great... you on Stephanie. Okay. Oh, yeah. Bye. Okay, I'll be on Stephanie yeah. shortly. Bye-bye. Thank you. 866-997-4748. Oh, my God. Let me go to Bob in California. Hi, Bob. Thank you very much for calling. Oh, uh, yeah, John. Yeah, I saw you on Dan Abrams and, and huh. uh, too bad you're not there every night. Well, but, uh, you know, Dan Dan does this show a lot, and um, I've done his show on Zoom, but they, I finally, they've asked me to come in before, and I always like, oh, I got a kid, I can't, I can't, and I'm trying to stop that and get out of the house more, so thank you. Yeah. You know more about music than anybody I've heard, oh, and, and it's one th- for a change, I thought of one thing you didn't think with the uh, Earth Day songs. Tell me. And that was, uh, they paid paradise and put up a parking lot, Joni Mitchell there. Joni Mitchell, Big Yellow Taxi, yep, it's perfect. Because that was, you know, that was really all that song was about. You know, it was yeah. It was a simple song, but uh, it's a great I song. Never written it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song, and Bob Dylan does a very fun cover of it as well. I, I got to see Joni Mitchell do that with just her acoustic guitar, and it was thrilling. It's a, it's just great. Boy, that yeah, I wouldn't have minded doing that. So okay, yeah. I just wanted to say, other than Stephanie Miller, I hadn't seen you on TV. So, oh well, yeah. I used to, I, I listen. I, I used to do a lot of TV, and then. Uh, and then Daddy had to go away for a while, so I'm slowly coming back with my ridiculous hair. So thank you so much. I saw a liberal show, and that was that. That and Stephanie Miller was the only times I'd seen seen your face. Oh, so, but well, I thought you really killed on on Dan Abrams. And, uh, well, thank you, and I apologize for my face. Yeah, but uh, but uh, I hope the act was good. <laughs> thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. Okay, right. you take care. Okay. Thank you, man. We're at 866-997-GRIT. I love these hours when we just take calls. Laura in L.A., a lot of West Coast tonight. Hi. Hello. Okay. Hello. So Elvis Presley, pro-choice rock and roll star, we didn't even know it. Because think of all the women he was with, and not one of them, he never had a second child. Never, never, never. So you think the king was uh, taking care of business? I think pro-abortion. I don't think he did, wore any prophylactic. Uh, I come on, and the only women that are alive that can tell us are Ginger Alden. I Wikipedia'd her. She's still alive. She's still and, alive. Uh, and Margaret. And Margaret is on a rock and roll tour right now. She is. One. Yes, she just released a new rock and roll album. Oh I had God, no idea. God. Oh Anne Margaret, Anne Mar- I've met Anne Margaret twice in my life. She is so stunning. Anne Margaret has stole two movies from Elvis, and it's incredible to watch. She blows him off the screen. So she can tell us what kind of sex did you have, only oral, and how did you prevent yourself from getting pregnant? Because what the heck? 
so New York Times did a whole big uh, entertainment and art thing last Sunday about her new rock and roll album. Yeah. Come on, can't look. I know you still. And then the second thing is, man, woman, or child, if you're blocking the Senate from judging or, 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 or getting our nominee, Biden's nominees of judges, get the fuck out. And so, uh, and then Nancy Pelosi um, was the toughest, uh, uh, smartest uh, speaker of the House in the history of our nation. And, and uh, I, I just love her to, so much. And she's got, she's, yeah, Nancy Pelosi. Thank you. Right on. By the way, Elvis, Elvis, the, the legend is Elvis, uh, one of his girlfriends was named Joyce Bova. B-O-V-A. She worked at the U.S. House of Representatives for many, many years. And apparently um, she looked just like Priscilla, very small, long, straight black hair, uh, but that she got pregnant with Elvis's baby. She wrote a memoir in 1994 and, and talked about it and that she terminated the pregnancy. Uh, I don't know if Elvis helped her do it. And I don't know even if, look, here's the, here's the reality. There's a lot of guys who pay for abortions. It doesn't make them pro-choice. That's the hypocrisy. Right. There's tons of conservative men who pay for abortions, but they're not pro-choice. Well, if Fox News can still go on with life, we can go with this one. Let's just say it. Let's come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're all going to be Googling this. I mean, listen, Rita Moreno dated Elvis. And every time she comes on the show, I always just want to ask. Well, she, she never talks that. about she never she listen. Rita talks about Brando all the time, and it's amazing to talk to her about Brando because I think Brando just played head games with her the entire time, and I've told her yes, that from the stories. But she doesn't talk very about Elvis that much. But like, Didn't she's Sybil Shepherd date Elvis. Sybil Shepherd did date Elvis. Wait, come That's on. right. Elvis, she talks about it though. Yes, all right, we we've, we've had two women on this show who've slept with Elvis multiple times. I got to hit thing, him up though. and try to get more. Go ahead. Well, when you have, you know, unprotected sex with Elvis Presley, you end up with a hunk of burn in love. Oh, my God. How t- these are nice people. These are okay, nice people. Pro-STDs. Pro-STDs and pro-choice. Elvis's girlfriend, Joyce, apparently she was afraid that he wouldn't be attracted to her anymore if she was a mother. Yeah, and that's why that. she did yeah, it. Remember? Yeah, like the Trump thing. These Well, weak men have that kind of problem. But I, I'll, I'll do yeah, some research on it. I'll get back to you with my data. Yeah, well, the Southern Baptist crowd that loves Elvis, that's what I'm just trying to say. Look, and even Elvis was pro-choice. That's all I'm saying. I'm not comfortable saying Elvis was pro-choice. Not comfortable saying Elvis was pro-choice. I I know that, but again, you're only pro-choice if you support women having the right to have uh, control of their reproductive destiny. Right. If you think women have a right to not be pregnant, you're pro-choice. If you don't come out and say that, you just pay for abortions. You're just a hypocrite. And there's a lot of guys who choose that route. But he never was against it. He never came out against it. I don't think he ever did. And he really had a lot of mom issues. I know he revered mothers. He worshipped Gladys. And he was a twin. His his unborn twin died and was buried uh, with him. So, but Priscilla, Priscilla said. They only had oral sex after she gave birth, and then he didn't touch her again. I and that, know. I mean, before they got married, they only had oral sex, and then after she gave birth to their only child. Here's what I'll say. Uh, Elvis Elvis might have been pro-choice. He, he might have not had a problem with it, but I would say if he had lived by the mid-1980s, 1990s, he would have been anti-abortion rights. I'm pretty sure. No, he was no, just, no, he was, don't, think for the, don't think for Elvis. I'm thinking for You're Elvis. speaking for Elvis? You're, killing, you're, you're, you're assuming, high, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. I do it. I think, bro. I came up with the theory, John. Come on. 
<laughs> look, I mean, look, he was a man of contradictions, okay? He he loved gospel music yeah. and he loved the ladies, yeah. and I can I can relate to yeah. that kind of dichotomy. Laura, I gotta hit a break, but thank you so much. Now I'm gonna be obsessing over this all weekend. This is Sirius XM. I'm John Fugel saying peace. <laughs>